will do uh, chapter 42 to size samarth sacharya sri sainath miryan miryan means he is going away now or my obeisance to sri ganesh to sri saraswati to sri guru maharaj to the family deity to sri sitaram chandra my most humble obeisance i vow in reverence to the most venerable guru sri sainath obeisance to you o most generous sadguru o greatest among the saints who wanders along the banks of the godavari clad in langoti and are the parabrahma incarnate to you i bow it is this sai in his avatar as a saint a veritable kalpataru in the cause of his devotees who shows how to cross the river of the worldly life and gives refuge at his feet to the meek and the lowly in the last chapter the fascinating tale of sai's marvelous leela <clears throat> as to how the bass relief was protected from being immersed in water has been narrated as also how a devotee's wish was fulfilled by sai who appeared in his dream and gave a clear command thereby helping him to get on with the reading of nyaneshwari in short in the fortunate moment of the guru's grace the riddle of the fear of worldly life is solved the door opens up for the attainment of moksha and all the sorrow and suffering is transformed into happiness when the sadguru is remembered all the time the obstruction caused by impediments vanish death itself dies and worldly sorrows are forgotten hence the listener should listen to the story of sai samat from the for their own benefit which will truly bring them the highest purification now in this chapter let us describe the nature of sai whether he was harsh and rough or mild and gentle we have listened with concentration so far to baba's way of conducting himself similarly listen attentively now to the story of his giving up the body blessed blessed are the people of shirdi who enjoyed the rare happiness of baba's company for more than half a century in 1918 in the month of dakshinyan in the suddenly spring and declination of the sun on the vijayadashmi day that is dasara in the bright half of the moon baba gave up the ghost during the daytime in the muslim month of muharram it was the ninth day and that night was the night of slaughter on that day around 235 pm Sainath made preparations for his nirayan. As the birth date of Gautam Buddha is celebrated, so also the celebrated date of nirayan of Sai. The birth dates of gods and goddesses are as much as a cause of celebration as the death anniversaries of the saints. The clock struck the hour of two twelve thirty in the afternoon. The tenth day of the lunar month was over, and the ekadashi on the eleventh day began. So Baba's nirayan was ready. Or really on the Ekadashi day, but since it was a Dashmi on the tenth day, a sunrise on that day, Vijay Dashmi is regarded as the day of Baba's Nirayan, and hence, and celebrations take place accordingly on that day. That Tuesday was the night of slaughter, a most famous day. Hence, on that day, the great Sai merged the flame of his life into the eternal flame. In Bengal, it is the well-known Durga Puja day. festival which ends on this day and even in the north india it is a day of celebration for all it was on this day of vijayadashmi in the year 1916 that in the evening baba gave a hint of the events to come i shall narrate the wonderful leela as to how he did it the listeners will be quite astonished but everyone will then know of samarth sai's skillful and the most inconceivable planning in the year 1916 at the time of the shilangan of the dasara day a marvelous leela was manifest manifested by baba after returning in the evening from the usual round like the clouds 
the thunder in the sky quite unexpectedly with the sudden loud crackling of lightning so baba appeared as jamdagni himself he took off the piece of cloth around his head he removed the kafi and the langur around the waist as he put them all in the fire of the dhuni which flared up instantly already the fire was burning bright and to it was now added this offering of the abundant fuel with the result the flames rose high in tumult much to the agitation of the devotees around all this happened quite suddenly and no one knew what was in baba's mind and in that moment of shilangam the countenance was most frightening the fire spread around its own powerful brilliance but far greater was the brilliance with which baba's face shone dazzled the eyes of the onlookers closed involuntarily as they turned their faces away agni narayan that is the fire god was pleased on consuming the offering at the saint's hand while he who was the parshuram the son of jandamni became naked blessed indeed were the eyes of those who looked on his eyes glowed with anger in a fit of rage with glaring eyes he said now decide decide for yourself whether i am a muslim or a hindu today see clearly whether i am a hindu or a muslim roared baba decide in your minds till you are satisfied and have all your doubts removed seeing this spectacle people trembled with fear and kept on worrying as to how he would be pacified this uh, uh, this particular incident which is there uh, this is because everybody who used to come over there used to keep on saying you know ki he is a muslim saint because he is staying in the mosque and um, if you remember he ha- he used to say the kalmas he used to say the quran quite regularly normally hindus and all are not allowed to touch the quran we cannot read it quran is not to be translated also so he was saying that as well on one side and on the other side he was living with that flame inside the masjid which is not allowed again plus there were gods goddesses all these things were being worshiped all these prayers were being done there was fire there was aarti was done inside that again itself is not allowed so when you look at the saint there are two signs which are there which can decide whether the person is a hindu or a muslim the first sign is if you see the ears are pierced for all hindus okay all hindus they pierce the ears now mine are not so i don't know whether i am a hindu or a muslim or what <laughs> so yeah, the ears are always they pierce it at childhood okay that is a hindu sign for a muslim they do the sunta basically they cut off the um, initial portion of the penis which is a small portion of flesh is being cut off and that is done when the child is very small so that is just before puberty and that is to be performed <clears throat> so both these things happen so you anybody could see baba he his ears were not pierced so it appeared that his ears were not pierced that means he is not a hindu now the muslim how do you say that he is a muslim so he removed all his clothes and threw them in the fire he was completely naked when a person is naked you can see whether he is a muslim or not but again there was nothing like that he was exactly like a normal human being but without any of these things so that is the reason why he did that sorely afflicted as bhaguji shinde was yet he was great devotee of baba 
Taking up courage, he came near Baba and put a lungoat round him. What is all this, Baba? Today is Shilangan, the festival of Dasara. Baba said, this is itself my Shilangan. As he went on striking hard with his baton. In this way, Baba stood all naked near the Dhuni. It was a day of Saudi and people began to be anxious as to how the Saudi ceremonies would be performed. 9 o'clock was the time for Saudi procession and it was already 10 o'clock. Baba had not yet calmed down. People stood still as they were in different places and stared wide-eyed in silence. Gradually, Baba's temper cooled down. It was 11 o'clock. Baba then wore a kafni and a brand new lungoat. Incidentally, during that time, there were no lights. So, there were no lights over there, only the panti as we call it, the small diyas that were burnt over there. So, all this thing was happening at 10 in the night. Gradually, Baba's temple cooled down. It was 11 o'clock. Baba then wore a kafni and a brand new langot. The bell rang for Saudi. People who had been sitting in silence now decorated the palanquin with flowers and with Baba's permission brought it to the courtyard. The procession then set out for Saudi. As of every alternate day and with this adornment befitting that of a king, replete with the silver star, banner, Saudi, the, uh, the regal, regal umbrella, flags, etc. As he started, there was one loud clanging of music and instruments. Who can describe the loud acclamation of glory to Saina that accompanied it? There was an overjoy of joy, overflow of joy everywhere. He then picked up a piece of cloth, clean and snow white, which he tied round his head and took up the clay pipe, tobacco, baton, etc. in hand as if signalling that this was the most auspicious moment to set out for Savadi. Some held up the umbrella, some the Saudi. Saudi and Ri. These are two things. That is the whisk. You know that uh, it is like uh, it's a handle and it has got those hairs at the end. So you can blow them, you know, on top of God. That is Saudi. Still others, a bunch of beautiful peacock feathers. Some took up the flags bearing a picture of an eagle. Others took up the ornamental umbrella and yet others took their own hands the staff of the Chobdar, mace bearer. They used to have one, uh, see mace bearers basically there are these Haldar and Chobdar as we call them. These are people when the king is going, there, there are those people who are going up with those banners you know. Each of them holding up one piece in their hand and they keep on carrying it ahead. So it's like a procession. So you will find that in most of the big churches or uh, uh, temples and all, where they have these kind of processions, you will find this ceremony performed. In ancient times, it was done to the kings. Every king would have that, you know, that leaf shaped with a rod below and it was very nicely decorated. So that was the, that was carried by these people. On this In this way, Baba hinted, under the pretext of Sri Lankan, that to cross over the border of the ocean of worldly life, Dasara is the only auspicious time. Thereafter, thereafter, Baba remained with the people of Shirdi for only one more Dasara, and regarding the very next Dasara to be the best and the most auspicious day, surrendered his mortal coil to the earth. And not only did he suggest this, but demonstrated it himself, giving them the actual experience by offering a pure white piece of cloth his body to the fire of yoga on the same day. He truly made the Dasara festival on the year 1918 a most auspicious day and merged his own form into that of the Brahma. 
As I write this, another such experience of Baba comes to my mind to prove that the very day of Vijayadashmi had already been fixed by him for his Miryan. Actually, every saint, every great being, they fix up a date on which they are supposed to leave the body and go. Every saint decides this and it is always mentioned, you know, way, way, way ahead in advance so that you get an idea, ki, okay, now this year, this particular time, this particular moment, he won't be there or she won't be there. So this is always decided well in advance. In most of the most of the sages' cases, even Ramakrishna Paramahansa had already given an indication way ahead in time. The same way, now Baba is also going to give, see what he is doing. As I write this, another such experience of Baba comes to my mind to prove that this day of Vijayadashmi had already been fixed by him for his Miriam. Once Ramchandra Patil, Patil that is Kote of Shirdi, became very ill and was unable to bear the distress of the life-threatening elm. Such was his great suffering. No cure remained to be tried and yet, when that ailment could not be controlled, he became tired of life itself. Patil was greatly harassed. While in this state of mind, one day, Baba suddenly appeared at his bedside at midnight. Patil at once clasped his feet and said to him in great dejection, Baba, tell me only this once. When will death come? Definitely. I am now tired of life and death is to me no great calamity. I am only waiting for death to come to me. Then Baba, who was compassion incarnate, said to him, Do not worry. The imminent danger from your dreaded sickness is already overcome. Why do you unnecessarily worry? For you there is absolutely no cure. Your hundi has returned fully. But oh Ramchandra, I see no hope for Tatya Patil. Now see the name of this person. His name is Ramchandra Patil. Okay. Kote Patil. So he is telling him something very unique. If you see the words you will understand. For there is absolutely no fear. Your hundi has returned fully. Uh, you know, in um, uh, in ancient times or even today also, it's the same thing that these people do. Hundi, that means you, you create a particular package of money, basically. Okay? So you have to buy the hundi. And you, you say that you will give this particular amount on a particular day. So you have to return that entire amount as a loan which you might have taken for doing business or some sort of a thing or buying something. Now suppose you are buying uh, food grains for the next year. How will you buy today? It's not possible, isn't it? So they, they create this kind of a hundi which is for the next year which can be bought well in advance. So, where the vagaries of time are there, let us say for example, the next year there is a drought or there is an excess production. So, finally at the end of it, suppose you have bought a particular amount for a particular, say, I sell you this entire thing for a particular amount. Now, fulfillment of that has to be done. The choice is whether you are going to win in that or you are going to lose in that. It all depends on a lot of factors in, in time. It may so happen that you can get for that same amount a huge amount of benefit or for that amount a less amount of benefit. So fulfillment of that hundi has to be done. You have to give that amount fully. Amount worth, amount or rupee value worth. You understood this. 
So this is this earlier these transactions were there. Nowadays they are not there. Nowadays uh, we say future buying the futures. You see, in uh, if you buying the futures in the state in the stock market, somewhat similar to that, but it is not the same. It's slightly different. Okay, so what Baba is telling him is, your hundi has been completed. That means the amount that was supposed to be given back has been given back already. This is something which you need to know. Uh, let us say, for example, there is a person. Now his life span is say 42 years all right he's supposed to live only till 42 years at the end of 42nd year he's supposed to die now it may so happen that because of the saint's goodwill that is there he gets an additional four five years more so at the end of the 42nd year this, his guru or the saint will say, okay, fine, we have completed this transaction up till today. So, everything that was supposed to be taken by the body itself has been completed. Got it? Now, the next five or six years that I have given you, you can continue as a normal life, but it is not connected to that karmic loop. It's a completely different set of life. Okay, got it. Sometimes we buy time, isn't it? Buying time as we say. So it's something like that. Uh, maybe uh, it's like a parole. <laughs> In jail, you get a parole. But you have to report to the boss. See, parole doesn't mean you just can walk away somewhere. You have to report to the jail every maybe a couple of weeks or maybe a month or two months down the line. Or maybe in a year you have to go and show your face to the jailer. But here there is nothing like that. You have fulfilled your earthly task and that additional amount is something which you have got. So I hope you understood. So we will read this line again. You will understand. For there is absolutely no fear. Your hundi has returned fully. That means the completion of that body's karma has been complete. But oh Ramchandra. I see no hope for Tatya Patil. Tatya Patil, this is there are two people. One is Ramchandra and one is Tatya Patil. Both are one and the same. So, body and the person is different. Understand, the body's karmic action is completed. Body's action has been completed. Now, who is the one who is remaining? The one who remains is completely a different person. He is not the one who was there earlier. You got the point. This person is without any obligation for any karmic action. See this um, a small diversion again. It happens that, let us say for example, it is like twice born. Twice born means when you meet your guru, he gives you a new name. So when he gives you a new name and the head is shaved and all this, you know, basically that is what they do. And you have to do your tarpan, your old, the old person that is there, the person is dead. So you perform what is called as the death rituals over there. When you go, take a bath, come and wear new set of clothes and you call yourself by a new name. Okay. <laughs> so, so, from, so let us decide on the names. 
<laughs> okay, so then what happens is, once you take a new name, then your connection with the, anybody connected with the old name doesn't exist. Do you get the point? This old body, whose tarpan, basically you are doing the death rituals, isn't it? All the death rites are done. Then how can you have any relation with the one who was there earlier? You got what I am saying? So there is no relationship with the previous person. So you are a new person. You don't have a brother, mother, father, sister, anybody, nobody in this world. The only person that you have is the Guru. So you become his child. So they say Guru Patra, Putra. <clears throat> okay. So in the same way, so this is happening to the Guru Shishya relationship. Here, Baba is doing exactly like that. He's telling of two people. One whose karmic loop is finished. And the second one is another person, not the previous one. Got it? So now you will understand. I see no hope for Tatya Patel. In the year 1918, in the month of Ashwin, October, during the sun's southerly passage of the Vijay Dashmi in the bright half of the moon, Tatya will go to his eternal abode. So, what he says, the person called Tatya is now going to go away two years from that day. Got it? So, it has been predicted. So, what happens on that particular day is this body's owner, one who was Tatya, is disappearing and the Ramchandra remains. Ramchandra is the divine consciousness which is pure, which doesn't have what is called as any past karmic actions or loops. This is not mentioned anywhere. So, if you try to search in this chapter, it's not there. So, I'm just telling you beforehand. Okay. But do not tell him about this or else he will take a dread in the heart and pine away by day and night. Nobody likes the prospect of death. Exactly the story of Buddha and he's telling that person you're going to die tomorrow, 24 hours. So, what happens to the person when he knows that he's going to die two years from now? Every day he's counting. Oh my God, now the day is coming closer. Oh my God, now the day is coming closer. So, only two more years remain. The time for Tatya had come, came near. Ramchandra was worried for Baba's words were like a Vajralev. He kept it a secret from Tatya but disclosed it to Balashimpi, that is a tailor, entreating him not to tell anyone. It's like, you know, <laughs> I'm telling you a secret, don't tell this to anyone. So, it's a very important secret which should not be told, which you are actually telling <laughs> Both of them grew worried. So the person, person who knows the secret also is going to get worried. And Ramchandra Patil really got well. From then onwards, his illness left him completely. The days passed quickly. After that, without him even realizing it. Just see the precision of Baba's words. The month of Bhadrapad, that is August-September of 1918, had just passed and Ashwin began when Tatyava took, up, took to his bed. Then Tatya suffered from high fever, but here Baba began to shiver with cold. Tatya's full reliance on Baba, but Baba's protector was Sri Hari himself. So what happens is, the entire load is taken by the sage, by the saint. Tatya could not even get up from his bed and hence was not able to come for Baba's darshan. So greatly did the body suffer that he could bear it no longer. For one thing, he was distressed by his own illness. 
and yet the heart was with Baba. He was unable to walk or move about. The illness was about to take a turn for the worse. Here Baba's moaning and groaning increased really day by day and in no time his ailment too became uncontrollable. The day predicted by Baba drew near all too soon. With fear and apprehension, Bala Simpi broke into cold sweat and so did Ramchandra Pati. Baba's words really seemed to be coming true, they said. The omen does not appear to be good and the illness is becoming critical. Then came Dashmi, that is the tenth day of the bright half of the moon. The pulse grew feeble as Fatya lay dying. His relatives were frightened. But what happened later was really a marvel. The danger of Fatya's life was averted. Fatya remained while Baba it was who passed away as if in exchange for Tatya. Actually, the original person who is the Tatya expires. But the divine consciousness works in that body. If you remember, it's the Ramchandra that is there which continues. That means the purity of that person is now going to continue. But the mention is slightly different in this book. So, And see the marvel of Baba's words. He took Tatya's name but was not really ready for his own Miriyana. Without missing the exact time even by a second. And yet he had given the warning bring to the notice of all the future events. But until it happened actually no one had realized it. <clears throat> People say Baba averted Tatya's death by giving his own body in exchange. Baba alone would know his own Leela. So there are two things which happen. One. The entire load of the trouble which was there was taken up by the saint. The saint's Miriyan was already fixed. So that means his going was already fixed. But before going, he takes over the entire load of karmas associated and finishes off Tatya's entire karmic action fully. And now the new one who is there in Tatya would be the pure being. This is the these two things have happened over here. Hmm? On that day, after Baba gave us the ghost in the early morning at the sunrise, Baba appeared in the vision of Das Ganu's dream at Pandrapur. The mosque has tumbled down. All the grocers and oil merchants of Shirdi have harassed me. So now going away from there. Hence I have come up here. Cover me up in an abundance of flowers. Oh, do fulfill the wish of mine. Come, come, come immediately to Shirdi. Meanwhile, as the letter was dispatched from Shirdi, he he came to know of Baba's Mahasamadhi. As he heard it, Das Ganu set out for Shirdi without losing a moment. The, any any of the great sages who die, we don't call them death, but we call it Mahasamadhi. Samadhi means you go into a deep state of slumber. Basically, a state where nothingness appears in that. Alright? With a group of Meanwhile, as the letter was dispatched from Shirdi, he came to know Baba's Mahasamadhi. As he heard it, Das Ganu set out for Shirdi without losing a moment. With a group of disciples that accompanied him, he stood before the Samadhi and began singing bhajans and kirtans day and night with loud proclamation of the Naam by the devotees. From time to time, himself, he wore a very most beautiful flower garland of Harinam and lovingly offered it in the Samadhi along with the Annadan. The loud ceaseless chant of Harinam made Shirdi appear to be a veritable Vaikunt on this earth. It was indeed as a market of loud proclamation of the Naam which Das Ganu was pouring out lavishly. But what? why was Baba, Baba so fond of Dasera in particular? Because out of the three and a half most auspicious day in the year, that day is considered to be specially auspicious for going anywhere. This is well known to everyone. And yet, this is not really correct either. How can there be Niryan to one who is beyond all coming and going? And for such a one, where is the need for an auspicious day? 
He who is above the bondage of dharma, dharma, and has shed all such bondage, he whose life has no departure, what nirvan can there be for him? There is no coming or going to Sai Maharaj, whose state is such that having become one with the Brahma, he goes to Brahma. Then how can he be in a state of nirvan? So there is neither coming nor going. A person who is already merged in the Brahma, he is merged in the Brahma. It's like a bottle is there; it is dumped inside an ocean. The water is inside the bottle, or outside the bottle. When the bottle cracks, what happens? Where has the water gone? It's not gone anyway; it's there only. But we don't know where it is. It is now one with the water around. That's what happens. That is that is the reason why we cannot say where that thing has gone. But in the it is noteworthy. It it's uh, but be it the northerly or southerly revolution of the sun, which is to him, who does not have to depart, but whose life merges with the Brahma, it is his own place, like the extinction of light in a lamp. The body is, after all, only a borrowed one, and it is in the five elements who lend it. Once our purpose is served, it is to be returned to them to whom it belongs. See, the body is basically made up of all the elements. The moment the body's job is finished, it is going back to the elements. What happens to the one that is inside? The one that was inside merges with the Brahma. Merges. Baba gave a warning to, of things to come. Much in advance, causing surprise to people. That priceless moment of the Nirana had passed away, leaving its glory behind forever. A running fever was apparent cause, and the following the ways of the world. Baba would sometimes groan, sometimes moan, and was self-aware for forever. In the day when it was about nine thirty to ten o'clock, in and the time was approaching for the nirvan, Baba sat up without anybody's help and with a perfectly composed and undisturbed mind. Looking upon Baba's face at that time, a sea of hope surged in the hearts of the devotees as they felt that the terrible, inauspicious moment had averted. And as they sat there and sad and worried, Baba's end drew near. Listen to what happened then. When there was hardly a moment left for the life to depart, no one, not what came in his mind. One knows not what came in his mind, but realizing that it was a time for to give in charity, he put his hand in the pocket of his kafni. The virtuous Lakshmi, whose conduct justified the name, and who was always absorbed at Baba's feet, was with him at that time. Fully aware that in a moment he was going to give up the mortal coil, it was to her that Baba gave some money in charity very carefully. This was Lakshmi Bai Shinde, who used to serve faithfully in the mosque, observing all the rules and regulations about work. It was a regular practice that during the day, Baba's darbar was open to all, and for the most part, nobody was prohibited. But during the night, the restrictions were severe. Once he returned from the evening around, and the people went back to their respective homes, they came to the mosque only after dawn the next day. But knowing the devotion of Bhagat Marsapati, Dada, and Lakshmi, Baba did not prohibit them from coming even at night. And again, it was this Lakshmi who sent Baba very lovingly jawar bhakari and vegetables every day at the appointed time. Who can describe this sincere service adequately? And when the story of the bhakari is heard, you will realize Baba's affection and compassion. And the listeners will be amazed at Baba's oneness with dogs and pigs. Once, as Baba sat in the evening, leaning his breast against the wall and conversed affectionately, Lakshmi came there. Tatya Patil was nearby, and some others were present there too. Lakshmi made obeisance to Baba. Then Baba said to her, Lakshmi, I am feeling very hungry. Baba, I will go this instant and get some bhakri for you. So saying, she went away and returned without delay, bringing with her freshly baked bhakri with some vegetables etc. and placed the snack before Baba. 
Baba picked up the plate and placed it before the dog. Lakshmi asked at once, Mama, what is this that you have done? So hastily that I went and prepared the bhakri in 10 minutes. And is this all his food? It is for the dog that you gave all the true enjoyment? You are feeling hungry, but in this is this way to appease that hunger? Not a morsel did you put in your mouth and here I am fretting in vain. Then Baba said to her, Why do you feel sad? Needlessly, know that the satiety of this dog is my own satiety. Does this dog have not have life? All living creatures experience the same hunger. Though he is dumb and I am vocal, is there any difference in their hunger? It is only the divine beings who understand this truth. And the truth is, at the moment they know that they are the one divine consciousness, they understand that the consciousness is there in everybody. The same one. It's the same thing. So what happens to the other person? The sage understands exactly what is happening. Sometimes you may say, you don't understand what I am going through. But here Baba is telling very clearly, I do understand. The dog's hunger has to be appeased. So his hunger is appeased. So what happens to that happens to him. So there is no body is only just an expression of this divine consciousness. Please understand. It is like if you remember when we are doing the puja, we keep one small nariyal in front of us and then we say, Ganesha, please come and sit over here. That is a representation. Then we treat that coconut as a very holy thing. Why? Because we have called Ganesha to sit over there. So this is nothing but a manifestation. We are trying to call that entity over there so that it can manifest itself over there. In the same way, the body, the body of that divine being is only a representation, which is correct. It's only a symbolic representation. It is nothing beyond that. So always remember this. Whereas the divine is everywhere. So that is the reason why Baba fed the dog and he felt satiated. It's the same case with Krishna. When he eats that one grain of rice and entire, you know, Durvasa Muni and his gang all feel <laughs> satiated. So this is exactly how the whole thing works. So I think you can understand this. Know that those who give food to one suffering, the pangs of hunger are really putting it in my mouth. And this is true everywhere. It is a simple incident in daily life, but its lessons are spiritual ones. Such was Sai's words of instruction. A fruit perfectly ripe and mellow with love and affection. Speaking a simple language of daily life, he would sketch the outline of spiritual matters. Without putting his finger on anybody's fault or secret, he would please his devotees. Thence became Lakshmi's daily bhakri as per Baba's instruction. She would crush it in milk and offer it lovingly to Baba every day. Baba also began eating regularly with love and on one occasion he was delayed. He would miss it so much that he would not relish the meal. If Lakshmi's bhakri was late in arriving, even if the meal was all served and the usual meal time had passed, he would not even put a morsel of in his mouth. The food might grow cold on the plates. The hungry diners might be kept waiting. But until Lakshmi's bhakri arrived and the meal would not be touched. 
Later on, for some time, Baba would ask at around 3 to 3.30 for vermicelli at Lakshmi's hands and sitting near her, he would eat it. Baba would, of course, eat only a limited quantity thereof and the remainder would be sent to Radha Krishna by at the hands of same Lakshmi. For she, Radha Krishna, was fond of eating the leftovers from Baba's meal. This is a very beautiful example where, you know, we basically eat from the same plate or take what is called as a prasad. So, something that is left behind, eaten by you, becomes a prasad. It becomes an offering, literally. And that is the reason why you will find that it's a very auspicious practice by those who are the true devotees. They do this. But all listeners, see not as to why this idle, irrelevant talk about bhakri. Right in the middle of the description of Baba's Miriam, for it is indicative of Sai's all pervasiveness. This most exalted Sai fills completely and forever that which is beyond the visible world of things, animate and inanimate. He who is unborn and immortal, he is this Sai. And the essence of the story lies in this one truth. I really think that the sweet tale of Lakshmi that I remembered so casually was really for the listener's benefit alone. And so what Lakshmi's service? How would Sai forget it ever? Listen with reverence to an account of the marvel of Sai remembering it. Although life rose into the throat on in extreme distress, though the body was exhausted and there was no strength left, yet Baba gave in charity with his own hands to Lakshmi in that moment of life ebbing away from the body. He took out from his body first rupees five and then again rupees four and placed it in the hands. And this was Baba's end. Was this the sign that Baba gave her the ninefold path of devotion or the puja of Ambika, that is Goddess Durga, at the end of the Navratri festival, and that it was the Dakshina of the Shilangan, of crossing of the border? Or was he or was he giving a reminder of the nine qualities of disciple which Sri Krishna told Uddhava in the Srimad Bhagavad? And just see the marvel of the sixth stanza of the tenth chapter in the eleventh canto of the Bhagavad. In this stanza, it is narrated how a disciple should benefit from a guru and how he should conduct himself in order to get that. There, in its first half, five qualities have been described, while in the later half, only four have been described. Baba also followed the same order, meetings with the same purpose in mind. So this is there in the Srimad Bhagavad. Okay? See, the chapters have been mentioned over here. It is in the sixth stanza of the tenth chapter in the eleventh canto. The disciple should remain indifferent to honors, insults, fame, etc. See, in our life, we come across a lot of people coming and talking very nice things to us. Sometimes people come and talk very nonsensical stuff. They keep on telling you names, they call names to you or they say all sorts of wrong and bad things. To both these things, whether it is praise or whether it is people calling you bad names, don't get disturbed. This is the first thing. You should remain indifferent to both. Don't get carried away by somebody saying, Oh, you are the greatest thing on planet earth. And somebody who says, You are the worst thing that has happened on this planet. Don't get carried away by both these things. Be alert to your own spiritual way. Be without jealousy. Don't be jealous of anybody. There is no point in being jealous. Somebody gets... You know, yeah, somebody gets more to eat, somebody gets less to eat. You cannot compare a Bhim's food with the Nakul's food, okay? Bhim will have maybe a lot of food to eat and Nakul will have very little. He was a thin fellow and this guy was 
hatta kata so in the same way you cannot say that uh, krishna's love for arjuna okay was not as much as krishna's love for yudhishthir no yudhishthir's love was different krishna's love was different draupadi's love was different everybody's love is different but krishna is equal to everybody he is giving equally to everybody he is like the sun the sun gives equal sunshine to everybody now some people they take chhatri and go okay umbrellas they don't want to get uh, uh, you know under the sun so some people will stand in shade so it depends it's entirely left to you how much you want it so the second thing which is don't be jealous of anybody detached and dedicated to the guru's service the guru seva is very very important the guru seva doesn't mean that uh, you know uh, uska uh, you know you have to go and get something from the market or something anything basically guru seva is listening to the words of the guru if he says something you got to listen to it it's very very important ever intent on knowledge of brahma and form and study with him the formness equipoise as what padma has written is equipoise it's, you have to be firm and you got to be steady you don't have to keep on wavering here and there okay knowledge of brahma that is anyway coming to you by means of all these satsangs that are happening he should be the one who knows what is envy and does not indulge in vain senseless talk senseless talk what happens when two three friends come together what happens all bullshit happens okay you keep on talking about somebody who doesn't exist at that point in time and this goes on and on and on just gossip gossip there's no need for doing that again these are the qualities with which he should strive to gratify his guru so these are the qualities these are the things that are supposed to be around guru so that you praise him that way and you be with him that is the guru seva that is happening this must also be the purpose of sign art too which he expressed in his form saints are always gracious and kind for the benefit of his own devotee lakshmi was well to do of what significance were the 9 rupees to her she would have easily given away the same amount in charity but this was unique gift to her and this great good fortune of hers was rare too that is why she received the 9 gems all in a row from sai's own hands which was symbolic of sai's grace many a time such a sum of 9 rupees must have been given away by her and will do so in the future but this gift was most unique for it will be to her a reminder of sai to the end of her life death was drawing near yet baba remembered to keep his memory alive till her death by giving her 5 and 4 in that order shown our alertness of mind he sent away those who were near him to have their meal but two or three villages wanted to stay seeing how critical the time was some of the loving devotees insisted that they that they be not asked to go away from baba but as if afraid that in the moment of death he may get entangled in maya baba hurriedly sent everyone away realizing this niryan was at hand baba said to butti kaka and others go go to the wada and come after your meal anxiety and worry on the face of these around made baba's own mind falter and hence he ordered them all go go and have your meal and then come back it was thus that those constant companions close friends as they were by day and night got up by his command although uneasy in mind they would not disobey his orders and yet they could not leave his company either but they could not incur his displeasure and hence went away to the wada for meals his illness had taken a serious turn what meal and what food their minds their hearts were all with baba and not even for a moment could they bear the thought of separation all the same they went and sat down to the meal suddenly they were all 
or they were called away urgently. Without finishing the meal, they all rushed, but still they missed the last meeting. The oil of life was exhausted, the flame grew dimmer, and there in the lap of Bayaji Kote lay the body in eternal rest. Not laying down or sleeping, but sitting upon the mattress calmly and after giving away in charity with his own hands, did Baba give up his mortal coil. Without anyone knowing his heart's secret, he gave up the body effortlessly and merged with the Brahman. Saints appear in this world, assume a body through the power of Maya. See, this is the important line. They assume a body, they take up a body. Body is not theirs. They just take up a body. They assume. Hmm? So they take up the body. Like that. With their work of upliftment is over, they immediately merge into the unmanifest. So they come and then they go away. An actor appears disguises in different costume but knows full well his real identity. Then what danger of death can there be of the one who has taken an avatar of his free will? He who is incarnated to guide the people ended his avatar when his mission was over. How can he be tied to birth and death? For he has taken on a body with his own free will. What possibility of death is there for him whose glory is Parabrahma itself? How can creation and destruction harm him? whose experiences detachment all the time. Though he appears to be performing karma, not in the least did he really perform any. Karma is performed by the people, those who are in the material world. The performance of prarabdha happens with every individual. The sages and the saints do not perform karma. What happens to them is a natural thing that they are doing. There is no karma attached to that body. There is nothing attached to that particular individual that is there. Suppose Baba has taken up a body. There is no karma attached to it. Yet, they have to do what they are supposed to do. It is The body is from the material world. Suppose the sage has taken up a dog's body. Will he not do exactly as per the dog's functions? Right. In the same way, if he has taken up some other body, will he not do like that? Now the sage might have taken up a woman's body. So the woman's functions are going to be there with that person or no. But we as human beings, we look at that person as a man and a woman or a dog or a child or this or that. That is not the right way of looking at it. So the right way of looking at it is the sage. And the sage has taken this particular body. So it appears that he is doing his karma. Not in the least is he really performing it. Being absolutely without ego, he always performed karma without considering himself to be the doer of it. So they do the work naturally. Naturally, whatever is supposed to be done at that point in time, yes, they do it accordingly. Without working out the prarabdha karma, the karma is never destroyed. For a normal human being, the prarabdha karma is there. You got to fulfill the prarabdha karma. Then only the entire prarabdha karma is removed. But for a saint, there is no prarabdha. There is no sanchit. There is no agami. So there, what is he actually doing? Whatever job that he has come to do at that point in time is all that he is doing. Remember this. The secret of the karma has been revealed in the smritis. But he who has realized the Brahma has no doubt about it. For he sees Brahma in all things. All the fruits of karma result from the karma performed. This differentiating quality of the karma is well known. But even that is regarded as the Brahma by the Brahmanyanis, like seeing silver on the oyster shell. A compassionate mother like Baba, how did she fall into the jaws of death? This happening was verily like the dark night swallowing the day. 
Now let us end this chapter here observing the limit of the number of verses for each month. If the chapter is extended any further it will make the listeners restless. The remaining story of the Niryan can be heard later in the proper order. Hemad surrenders to Saina or his grace has bought him fulfillment will be to all here ends the 42nd chapter of Sri Sai Samar Satchit called the Niryan of Sri Saina as inspired by the saints and the virtuous and composed by the devotee Hemad Pant.